0: What do I tell Persana persona that will make him feel good and special, special and valued? <laughs> anyway. You could restore it all. to Backup Central's Restore It All podcast. We have never worked so hard to bring an episode to you than we did today.
1: Oh my gosh, Curtis, I think I'm done. Are you done? I'm done. Just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) You would probably kill me. You'd like fly up here, be like, I am coming after you.
0: We've been trying to record this podcast now. For those of you that are just now joining us, we've been working on this podcast for 45 minutes. I think. No. More than 45. No. Try like an hour and 20 minutes. An hour and 20 minutes. We've been trying to get this thing to work. And in the end, we figured out whose problem was it, Persona? Persona, whose who's, who's problem was it?
1: The corporate laptop.
0: <laughs> What's the corporate la- Uh The corporate laptop, uh, currently in possession by whom? Uh, Druva. <laughs> Let's just say it's not the laptop on this end of the recording that was the problem. I'm just saying laptop on that end.
1: I, I think you're I'm pointing saying. fingers at me. Is I am that
0: absolutely pointing fingers after an hour and 15 of listening to each other talk and having no success. Anyway, before I forget to say it, uh, although Prasanna and I do both work for Druva, this is not a Druva podcast. Uh, the opinions that you hear are our own. And if you're interested in joining the podcast, we'd love to have you. We'd love to talk to people that are actually doing or not doing backups out there in uh backup land. Just a really weird week for me. I don't know about you. You, you, Did you have anything anything interesting this week there, Persona? Um this
1: week, let's see. So for family stuff, I was actually out in I think technically it's the Midwest, Michigan. Yeah, that's the Midwest. I
0: don't know what else it would be. But it
1: was cold it's one of those things like living in california you really do get spoiled by the amazing weather we have and it's funny like people at least in northern california the weather hits like 50 degrees and people are pulling out these giant ski jackets and like yeah like the 800 fill down jackets and when i was in uh, michigan the weather was probably uh i think the high was about 35 degrees and it would dip into like the 20s at night, like the low 20s. And I remember one of the days I was like 36 degrees. I went outside, no jacket, and it was like, ah, this is
0: so nice and warm. <laughs> yeah, uh, I've lived, I've lived there. I've lived, yeah, you know, I've lived in Chicago. I've lived in Delaware, so I've definitely been in those climates. And I've, I've gone to work in temperatures that were minus 35, which is, which is a mess. And now I live in perhaps, well, there's no perhaps about it. The city in the country with the with the best year-round weather which is san diego um i mean it's basically 72 and sunny almost every day and it gets it gets cool at night but that you know that you just leave the windows open it's a little nice little breeze at night and most homes in san diego don't even have uh air conditioning which a lot of people just can't comprehend if they live in other parts of the country but um yeah. So, but of course, right now we are in the rain apocalypse. We that there's this stuff falling from the sky, <laughs> that's like wet. That stuff is called we, we don't, water,
1: Curtis. I know you we, might have never seen it before, but
0: and uh, I was very excited because I've been working, as you know, I've been working on solar uh, on my roof. Yes, doing my own solar uh, because I am not. I have no idea why well, you would ever do I'm that I'm not a normal I, person but uh, I, I was very excited to go up on or to go in my attic and look for uh, leaks because we because we don't get rain very often so it was nice for me to go in and, and look for leaks uh, that I may have created and I'm happy to report that there are none.
1: Which is always an important thing right it's like when you take something apart and put it together and you end up with like five missing pieces exactly, that's usually exactly. a bad sign.
0: So I, I uh, now that we're finally recording, I, I just wanted to talk about the ways that you could do backup in, it's either AWS or pretty much any uh, IAS. But I don't like that term because I can't say it as an acronym. If it's pronounceable as a word, it is an acronym. If it is not, it is an initialism.
1: And that is one of our <laughs> big lessons for this week's episode of Restore It All.
0: There you go. That and three bucks, you can get yourself a cup of coffee.
1: I was also going to say, along with the letter A and the number nine.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. So, you know, I've, I've been hearing some comments from other companies about different ways to back up uh, things like AWS. And so I wanted to talk about, there There are a couple of different ways that you can back up things that are running in a cloud provider. One of them would be to use it's sort of a, the typical agent mechanism, right? So you, you put an agent in a um, VM and you can back up that agent, right? And w- we do that for other cloud providers that we don't yet support natively, right? And that, and that pretty much, if you've got a source dedupe type setup, you should be able to do that in any VM if you if you have backup software, right? So that should work pretty much anywhere
1: this is no different than what you had on-premises where it was, hey, I have something like a virtual machine running. If you don't support it, I just throw an agent in. I can protect it. And that's good from protecting a data perspective, but it may not be the right restore functionality that you're looking right. for in terms of being able to restore yeah. the entire image rather than just... You yeah, know, within it, it can image.
0: restore the data, but it can't restore the PM. So that is one way to do backups of resources in the cloud. Another big downside to that approach is that it only supports data in VMs. There are a number of resources that create data in the cloud that might that you might want to protect. For example, RDS, Redshift, uh, S3 itself, EBS volumes outside of a, a VM. Um, uh, can you think of anything else like DynamoDB? We use DynamoDB. We might- none of those resources would be, you You wouldn't be able to back up any of them with a VM-level approach, right? Yeah,
1: and the other thing also with the VM-level approach is when you need to restore it, it's a multi-step restore process, right? You first need to deploy a VM, somehow figure out how do you get your image up and running before you can actually start restoring the data.
0: Right, it, it's, it's basically, it's like the old days of backup uh, without... Uh, what do you call it, um, without a bare-metal recovery, right? Before, before we had the advent of VMs and whatnot. So most of us have grown used to the ability to recover an entire VM if that's what we need, uh, or to do DR of those VMs uh, if that's what you need. But if you do a VM-level approach, unless you support bare-metal recovery or something like that, you're probably not going to be able to restore that VM. And then you also won't be able to do... Um, uh, these other resources that we're talking about. So let's talk about some of the the things that people mention as downsides of a quote unquote snapshot only re- approach. Now, the very first thing I think is important to understand is when we say when we say snapshot in specifically AWS, what do we mean? It's
1: basically taking a image or a copy of the data that is used for hosting that particular application or service, I should say. So an example would be if you take a snapshot of DynamoDB, it's a point-in-time consistent copy of DynamoDB at that point such that you can restore it or recover it later on.
0: Right. It's, It's an image copy. It is not what we think of, typically what we think of when we talk about snapshots. Right. Because snapshots like in NetApps uh, or copy on write snapshot or, or uh, redirect on write snapshots, those are truly snapshots. And, and by traditional snapshots, what I would say is it's something that is a virtual view into a volume that if the volume itself dies, it, it becomes the snapshot is worthless. Right. It's, it's just a quick restore point. It's not an actual thing that you can restore from if the original volume is damaged. But these are not like that. These are actual copies. Uh, They might be incremental copies, but they are an actual copy of, of the resource at the time it was made.
1: Normal storage snapshots, like you talked about, usually live in the same storage array that you took the snapshot in and then you add things like replication to move snapshots potentially off of that array to another array just to protect yourself from failures or other issues amazon's gone even a step further where their ebs snapshots don't even live in the ebs service
0: anymore they live yeah right
1: amazon ebs snapshots live in s3 for that durability and all the other resiliency benefits you get of s3
0: because as I think we've discussed on another podcast, EBS volumes are not replicated across regions or, or even across availability zones. They're only replicated within an availability zone. So a snapshot, not only does it create another copy of the EBS volume or whatever it is you're making a copy of, at that moment, it automatically stores it in three different availability zones because that's the way S3 works. That's a really good, that's a really good point.
1: EBS does store in S3. However... If you go try to access it via S three,
0: Amazon does not let you. Right. They won't let you see it in S three, but that's exactly where it's stored. One of the things that some other companies are saying is that snapshots aren't aren't a valid recovery resource because if the if the primary goes and this then, the, then the, the snapshot goes away. That's traditional snapshots. That's not EBS snapshots or other similar AWS snapshots.
1: You can't take what the limitations are of on-premises and apply to the cloud because Amazon is very different.
0: Now, one valid um, uh, criticism, I think, of basic snapshot uh, protection in Amazon and other systems is that by default, when you create a snapshot, it is in the same account and it also is in the same region. And I do think that that is something that you need to address. Would that would that be fair? Oh,
1: for sure. You just need to make sure you are aware of what who has access to that copy or who could potentially delete that copy out from under you. In fact, I know that when we talked about, uh, what's the name of that company that went under because someone came in? Codespaces.com. Thank you. Codespaces.com, where someone came into their account, deleted their production, deleted all their snapshots, and they had to close down right? That's why you need to make sure that you are keeping your data in a different account that is kind of isolated to protect you from people being able to blow away your production and all your copies. And Amazon actually recommends that you should do things like that.
0: Right. It's not necessarily easy to do it by yourself with scripts and things, but there are tools, you know, Druva offers one of them, but there are tools that Allow that automate that process for you, right? So, so that's a couple of different things, right? They're, they're, the AWS snapshots uh, are not stored in the same system; they're stored in a different system, and they can be stored in a different account and even a different region if that's what you want, right? Obviously, when you do that, there is a hit there. Um, there is a negative. There is a downside to doing things that way. Do you, do you know what that would be? Um, cost and management. Just cost. So there is egress charges. Um, so when you copy data from one region to another region, there is a there is a, a charge in Amazon.
1: And and just, just an Epic, I don't know if they call it egress or if it's a inter region charge, but yes.
0: Yeah, it, yeah, there's a data transfer charge. The um uh so another thing that you know I heard leveled against companies that use snapshot only mm-hmm. approaches is that well then the customer has to manage all of this right that the customer has to manage um you know creating all the snapshots and even more importantly deleting all the snapshots and all the you know setting policies across all the different resources they might have and 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 that is absolutely true if you're doing it all by yourself that is not true if you're using a commercial a good i would say good commercial uh management system that's managing those resources
1: aws realized that this was an issue and in fact last reinvent that's when they launched aws backup to try to solve some of the simple snapshot management issues that customers were encountering that they wanted something better than scripts and
0: having the user manage it right and you know and some have asked you know whether or not we compete with it i I don't want to go into that too much but other than to say that a short answer is no um, it, it, it's still a very basic tool, and uh, you know it's 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 better than just doing scripts and stuff. But for example, it doesn't support cross account and cross region copies, things like that. Can you think of other things that um, you know from a security perspective? I, I do think that if you're going to have a bunch of AWS resources or other resources, and you're going to use the native tools I the way I like to do it is I like to have a separate account whose only purpose is to act as a destination for all of these backups right you can have multiple accounts but the idea is to have one or more accounts that, that they're literally their only purpose is to act as a as a destination for backups and a source for restores it's, it's almost like you're throwing, th- if you
1: remember the Hollywood uh, podcast we did, it's almost like you've created a vault, yeah. right? Where you're taking all of your originals that you want to keep, and you're putting it on something safe, and you're locking it in a vault so nothing happens Agreed. to it. And you can come back years later, whenever, or 50 years later, and pull out Kung Fu Panda or whatever it is to uh, continue working on it.
0: Uh, there is a, a downside, I think, of doing backups using the native tools, and that is that they are they're only going to work within that vendor, right? So you're not going to take an AWS snapshot and restore it on Azure. And I think that's a valid criticism, uh, but it, it, it's, that, you know, that is the world that we live in right now. Uh, if you can do cross-account, cross-vendor, restore of an entire VM or a resource, uh, I, I think it's that, that's certainly a possibility. Go ahead.
1: It is a possibility, but I look at it and at that point, there's either a lot of conversion that happens or you dumb it down to the common denominator. So I'll give you an example. If Microsoft had a similar version to of DynamoDB, which I don't believe they do, but if they did have something similar to that. To go from an AWS DynamoDB instance to a Microsoft instance of that, would it's not like I'm running Microsoft SQL on-premises and then Microsoft SQL in AWS. And it's all still the same database. The schemas are different. Your application that's leveraging that is different. If I think about performance characteristics, security, everything else, it's going to be so different. It just seems like you are willing to go through that pain just to support that well, style. Well,
0: it, it it might be you know th- there are those who want the ability to do that. For example, to be able to migrate maybe between the two, or if they're tired of one of the vendors and they want to use it, you know, well, that's also migration. But uh, th- there is the idea that maybe an AWS or an Azure could be down to to the point that you might, if you have a truly critical resource, you might want to restore it into another. But if it's down though how are you going to get the data well again that's if you're this is the argument for having something outside of all of that basically everything that i heard from this other vendor that was criticizing snapshot based literally almost everything they said was completely false
1: the one thing though i think is because people are so used to snapshots in on-premises world when they think about snapshots they think oh i'm taking a snapshot i'm restoring a snapshot that's it Versus backup where I can take a backup and I can restore whatever object size I needed to in order to recover my application. I think when you start to look in the cloud, though, even though everyone they might call it snapshots, a lot of them still offer the restore capabilities that are more fine grained if you need to. And the recovery, like DynamoDB, still allows you to take snapshots, but they also still back up your logs so you can also do transactional I'm glad you brought that up because
0: that was another claim that this this other company was saying that snapshots are completely worthless, I believe were their words, for object-level recovery or um, global search. Two things that we support in our product (laughs) from snapshots. So
1: you're trying to take the negatives or what people perceive as generalized on-premises technology and apply it in the cloud without necessarily looking at what features do vendors offer for providing the same capabilities that people know, We support
0: both. We support backing up VMs in the cloud. Uh, We don't support yet if if we're doing that method, right? So uh, if we're doing... If we're putting an agent in a vm we don't support dr of that vm in aws or azure or gcp but we can back up the data pretty much in any vm as long as it's running one of our supported operating systems and we don't need a local piece of hardware so we could do it pretty much anywhere in any cloud provider that's not our preferred way to do a, a dr of a vm that would be to use the native tools and so we support the snapshots to do that but basically everything that this other vendor was saying is wrong with snapshots was, it turned out to just be complete fiction. So I don't know. Anyway, so I just, I wanted to do a little, a little podcast about that. Yeah. Do
1: you get unhappy
0: about some of these? I do. Well, I I mean, I, I don't mind people. There are things, (laughs) there are things, right? There are things that we don't do. I'm more than happy. Uh, I was, I was listening to another vendor today and they were talking about some vendors they want you to use their cloud and if you don't use their cloud well then they want you to go away i was like yeah i wonder who he's talking about right <laughs> i mean that's a perfectly <laughs> valid claim to make against druva is that we run an aws and we store our backups in aws and if if that is not what you're looking for then we are not your company right uh that's a perfectly valid criticism But to say that that you can't do file level recovery with snapshots or to say that you can't store snapshots in another account, I mean, those are all just complete fiction. So fiction bothers me. It it bothered me when I was independent before I worked for Druva. I don't like fiction. I prefer actual fiction, not fiction about facts. I don't know if that came out in English, but you know what I'm trying to say. And I think
1: the problem is that... People are trying to get their hands and understand what they should be doing. And when you have this sort of information, which isn't quite true or stretches or is not accurate, then you have people who are like, huh, I wonder really what I should be doing. And it gets harder as you start to show new solutions or new opportunities. People are like, but I heard from vendor XYZ that that doesn't make any sense. And now it's kind of a little bit of a struggle to... Tell people, no, no, really, this is how exactly. things should be.
0: Anyway, well, enough enough whining about how horrible it was to record this podcast and how difficult it is when people are making up things about you.
1: But I actually love talking
0: to you, Curtis, especially as we chit-chat. I... Sorry, my yeah, wife I, 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 uh, I, I, My and wife and knocked on my door. It's Apparently, it's time for dinner.
1: Oh, I thought you were speechless for a second, and I was like, well, I don't think I've ever
2: heard Curtis. No, I was... <laughs>
0: I was like, what do I tell Persona that will make him feel good and, and special and special. <laughs> Anyway, all right. This has <laughs> been the weirdest podcast ever, and I'm going to end it now before anything else goes wrong. Thank you for listening to those of you that are listening, to those of you that turned out 20 minutes ago. I really don't know what to tell you, but uh, make sure that you subscribe so that you can always restore it all.
2: there was a file but i deleted it to bad your backup system isn't worth a spit finally i needed your backup you had a chance to fix it instead it's all jacked up see how i write on facebook about you to make the things that I will do. There was a file, but I deleted it. Too bad your backup system isn't worth the space. Emails from you remind me of when they keep me thinking that we could restore it all. It'll be complete.